What's up, everybody? It's the Benchformers and Water Waterboys podcast. We're <laughs> our guys. This is Carson. We got Daniel Thatcher and John. We're back for our second yeah, episode of good. the week. Um, uh, the NBA playoffs are happening, and the what, what just happened? So the Heat just NBA. beat the Celtics. I love it, Daniel. I'm, what's I'm going all on? All about this. It's this is crazy to me what the Heat are doing. This run is just ridiculous. Their team ball, it's amazing. They don't have a go-to guy. They've got people that just they fill their positions well. And Jimmy Butler is the superstar that they need. And he's in, he's interesting because he's not like the superstar that you think of that just like drops a bunch of points, but he makes plays. He's, he's a hustle player. On both he's, ends of the floor. He leads the team vocally, which is what they need. Like he's just the perfect fit for this Heat team. Why I wasn't he this successful this with the Timberwolves? I think it's a clash of like personality and coaching staff. And Jimmy Butler, like right away when he got to the Heat, said that he like noticed something different in Eric Spolstra. And I think there's just been a, a different tone in the Spolstra locker room. is also a player's coach. So he yeah. was a player's coach with LeBron. I think he's letting Jimmy kind of do his thing. Um, so Jimmy stepped in, stepped in as a leader, and he's letting him do his thing. So I think that may not have been the case at the Timberwolves, but I think he's loving life at Heat because he stepped in, did his thing, loves his team. I don't know. But, I mean, Heat winning, that's huge. Should you all expect the Heat to win the series? I do. Dude, I um, hope they do. Unbelievable. I went in saying that the I think the Celtics were going to win, but honestly, at this point, I think the Heat are just kind of willing their way into the championship. I mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, and their playoff odds were, I think it was less than 1% going into the bubble. But, That's I mean, crazy. they're here. They've stepped up. So well, how does the series win? look for the Nuggets and the Lakers? It's interesting watching the game yesterday. The Nuggets looked like the more dominant team. They held the lead most of the game, but I think the Lakers will probably come back. It's funny. I kept seeing like these posts about how either way, if the Nuggets lose, yep. I was about to bring that up. <laughs> the Lakers are in for it because if they win, then it's tied two two, which makes it a series. Yeah. But if they lose and go down three one, well, Denver three one in the playoffs this year. <laughs> Money, incredible. It's a guaranteed so it's like, win, basically. What yeah. if they want that? Like. <laughs> It's just funny. I think I think it'll be Lakers in the finals, and I think it'll be, you know, kind of cool to see the Heat maybe match up with them. So, so then who do y'all who do y'all think will? Yeah, exactly. Who who is gonna? Is it? Do you do y'all project the Lakers to beat the Nuggets and go to the finals? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's LeBron's Lakers. team. I'm never yeah. betting against the LeBron playoff team. That's um, fair. It's like the Tom Brady Patriots. True. I I will never bet against the LeBron playoff team okay side but, little question then well as long as he's got some healthy uh contributors because How, <laughs> against golden state it's been that true. very yeah that's fair as far as his uh teammates side question before we move into bringing the pawn shot back um how far do y'all think the suns would have been able to go had they make it made it over the portland trailblazers I think that would have been interesting um seeing them i don't know if they would have done well in a seven game series i think they're doing incredible for one game like one game games i guess if you want to Makes say sense, it that yeah. way in the bubble but i don't know especially like up until this point they would have had to win several seven game series and i don't think they would have lived out that long i think they were a great story for the bubble and i would love yeah. to see them in the playoffs to be in the playoffs i don't think they would have performed well they're also younger and have never really made any kind of noise so i think a lot of those teams that are more experienced and have been to the playoffs before know what that's like would kind of nail you know drill in on those guys those young guys that are still kind of getting used to themselves obviously Devin Booker is going to get his but I think a lot of the other contributors on that team could be really shut down and I don't think he can carry them you know just single-handedly to a win every time so yeah maybe painting a narrative where 
Uh, this is a good situation for the Suns where they were so close to tasting the playoffs for the first time in a long time that maybe this makes their team better instead of going to the playoffs and potentially right. being exposed by these really good teams. Yeah, I mean, so, it helps yeah, their no, draft position. They, they, they get a them. taste of kind of almost what the playoffs would be like in that bubble play. So it's, I think it's going to be good. They should have yeah. a good summer. I think it was great for the team. Um, don't know how they would have performed, but no, fantastic. All right, well, we're going to move into the pawn shop. And so basically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a lot of NFL players in regards to fantasy football. And we're going to talk about, okay, would you trade for them? Would you trade them away? Would you just straight up cut them? Or would you just want to hold and wait and see? So we're going to do a lot of players for redraft. And then we're going to cap it off and talk about a couple names uh, for dynasty uh, just to kind of see where everybody stands. So name number one I want to bring up in regards to redraft is Allen Robinson. In week one, only 12 points, and in week two, even worse, with only six. But he did. He does have a ton of targets. What are y'all trying to do, buy, sell, cut, or hold? I'm keeping him. I mean, I'm not uh-huh. trying to be Barry's biased, but, I mean, I think he's just a guy you want to be patient with. I mean, especially if Nick Foles comes out and they have a ridiculous connection. I mean, that's just something I've been kind of looking forward to in the future of Nick Foles. Thatcher, would you say that you're trying not to be – Barry biased. <laughs> I, love oh, I love it. That, uh, I let myself out. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay. So I'm right there with I'm right there with Thatcher. Listen, you can't sell him because you're going to sell low, and you can't cut him because you spent too much capital on him, and he's getting too many targets. So you have to either hold, or honestly, if you're me, I actually put out a feeler offer today to try and trade for Allen Robinson in mm. a, in a redraft league. And so, um, obviously, I didn't get him. Otherwise, I'd be ecstatic today. But nonetheless, I think you either need to be trading for him or just holding and waiting and seeing. Uh, somebody that's getting this many targets is bound to be very good. Yeah, yeah I, I guess. I, hold. I think that's... I understand the whole position. I think you can probably still get a decent trade value for him just based on what he did last year and, and knowing that this is likely just a bad start. But if you're getting offers that are pretty low ball because everybody's just trying to say, well, he's starting awful. Maybe he's going to have a bad year then you probably just wait it okay. out. I, don't know. Right. I think I personally would, would test the waters a little bit. Okay, Daniel. So let me ask you a couple questions. Would you trade Allen Robinson straight up for, and this is not for me. I'm just going to throw out some general questions because we're not in a redraft league together. Would yep. you trade Allen Robinson straight up for DJ Chark? Mm. Right now, no. I don't. I think the Jaguars are probably going to be too likely to spread the ball. Okay. How about Nikhil Harry? I would do that. Really? Okay. I wouldn't do Nikhil Harry either. I think those are those players are just a little bit of a step below, and I think with Nikhil, he's he's still developing, and he's got Cam Newton at quarterback, which I think Allen Robinson, even at this offense, is going to eventually get get more. What about Terry McLaurin? See, now we're starting to get into a more likely <laughs> scenario. I think I, I think okay. Terry is he's got incredible talent, and he oh, yeah. is just stuck on one of the worst teams in football, but he still manages to put up numbers. So he might be almost – in a redraft league, though, it can be a little more tricky. Yeah, I, would, I was going to say that probably instantly, probably in a dynasty. Yeah. In a redraft, it's a little bit more In difficult. a redraft, I would have gone with the Harry trade. Really? That's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. But I'm glad that we kind of figured that out just to kind of see where we're at on that. Let's move a little bit quicker through these. We do have a lot of names. A.J. Green, same situation, not a lot of fantasy points through week one or two but has a ton of targets. What are y'all trying to do with AJ Green? I am uh, 
probably going to deal him. I don't want to have anybody probably on the Bengals offense, maybe Mixon, but I just think on the receiving end, they spread the ball too much. Joe Burrow likes to, to move the ball around to a lot of different receivers. They've got some good weapons. I think different people are going to get touches different games. I don't want AJ Green. That's yeah. Especially in the dynasty cool. league. I mean, he's, he's getting up there. He, I mean, we're seeing kind of what uh, he, he took off a year, right? Like last year, he didn't even play. He, he hasn't played a full season since either 2017 or 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's getting up there in age. I mean, the connection with Joe Burrow, I'm not really seeing it. Um, in a dynasty league, I think I would hold on and just see, just wait. Um, or actually not in a dynasty league. In a dynasty league, I, I'd look for trading him maybe for a younger player. But in a redraft league, I'd probably hold on to him. It might be just too early. So those, those are my thoughts. John? Um, I actually might hold him um, because the targets are there. I think they just have to work on the connection. I think it's a rookie quarterback that is firing out towards him. He literally grew up uh, watching him, loved playing with him. They've worked together. I think it's just a matter of getting it to click. I think the targets are definitely there. I think he's firing towards his direction. I think they just have to make it click. And I think, I honestly think it's going to be coming very soon. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Daniel Thatcher, uh, would you trade AJ Green straight up for T.Y. Hilton? I would prefer to have Hilton on my team right now. I don't know. That's tough. I'd have to, I'd have to do some major thinking. I'd probably AJ Green it. or Michael Gallup, redraft, not dynasty. Redraft, Gallup. redraft. Probably Gallup. Okay, AJ Green has more targets than all of those guys. Yep. So I okay personally, I'm, I'm okay in the same that. situation as Allen Robinson. Um, I don't think you can get a lot of value if you trade uh, AJ Green because you drafted him so late, um, but. Uh, so that makes him a trade for target or a hold, um, especially t- uh, for depth. You're probably not going to want to throw him into your starting lineup until you can prove it. But nonetheless, um, I like AJ Green's talents for at least this year. Okay, next one, Naeem Hines. Uh, incredible week one, but oh, yeah. flopped for week two. What are y'all? Ellie what do y'all want to do? That's a cut. Hmm. I what? think uh, JT has stepped up. He took his spot. I think the first week when he played it. Mac went down. They weren't sure who to really go to. JT was a rookie. Jonathan Taylor was a rookie. And so they weren't going to play him every single down when they went in, knowing that they're going to have a committee back. And he was catching a ton. I think they also have, I think it's Wilkins, who's also a fantastic catching back. So they have Wilkins, who's a good catching back. They have Hines, who's a good catching back. And then they have JT, who's a three. He's a three down back. Yeah. And it is clearly JT's backfield. So I would, I would say this is, an, this is a tricky situation for me. I would hold or maybe sell. Um, if you can get him cheap, I would consider buying, but I don't think you can cut him. And this is why, um, yes, JT is really stepping up, but Naeem Hines has proven to be a great third down back, uh, two-minute offense kind of guy. Maybe even they throw him into the slot now that Paris Campbell is gone. But here's the situation is Phillip Rivers loves throwing to his running back. And um, you're not going to be able to start him in situations where – it's going to be a very, very one-sided affair. Um, you're going to have to. You're going to do the, your best to Naeem Hines' damage when you're playing a team that's on your same level. So maybe the Jets. It's going to be a JT day. Um, but when you're playing teams like Chicago and Cleveland, and maybe Cincinnati, Baltimore, Tennessee, Green Bay, teams that you're going to have to try and keep up with, then Naeem Hines might be in the ball game. So if you can yeah. trade for nothing, then trade for him. I don't know if I want to trade for fair value just because um, I'm not super confident in him. 
just because having a scat back is a little tricky because of usage. You have to bet on those receptions. Um, so that's kind of where I sit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Carson. You said everything I was going to say. So yeah, I think try everything. and see if maybe you can get a trade out of him and trade him for above is what his value is. But I think if nothing else, I think yeah. you can hold on to him and, and know that he probably will have some decent games because of the way that Philip Rivers plays as a quarterback, he likes to feed his yeah. receivers. And I think he's a better receiver than JT. So I think they might use him in certain situations that could be beneficial. Yeah. So. Honestly, if you can try and build off of his week one, see if you can trade him, trade him straight up for like Antonio Gibson, um, who's going to be very good, uh, who's kind of learning the offense and everything, or maybe use him as a package deal, throw him in with one other player, and then try and upgrade a position. So let's move on. Cam Akers, um, less than five points in both weeks, 5.3 actually, and then uh, week two, less than two points. So he actually has a little bit of an injury um, he's probably going to be down for a couple weeks, um, but uh, that still holds the question: What are you going to do with Cam Akers? Yeah, I mean, my thought, my thoughts are like you can't really like trade him because he doesn't really have much value. I just it's just one of those guys. I feel like you just got to hold on to him and just see what happens exactly. I mean, yeah, he's he already has an injury and he's like he's a rookie as well, so it's kind of tough. So I think either either cut him or just hold on to him. If you're in a dynasty league, I'd, I'd hold on to him. Dynasty league, you hold. Redraft leagues, I I would be open to – you could try and package him. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but I would be open to cutting him um, just because, I mean, they're a committee back. They've been really open to it. Brown and Henderson have been playing really well. So even if Cam does come back healthy this year, I don't think he's going to be the man until next year if he is the man. So I don't think that you can cut him. Um, I think, I mean, if you absolutely needed to cut him for, um, let's say a James Robinson-esque player comes available, then yeah, by all means cut him because I'd rather have a guy that's going to bring you startable production immediately than hold on to a guy who you're not sure if you can do that. But if you can afford to stash him, then I would stash him, but you can't sell him. Um, uh, you probably don't want to buy him. Uh, unless you can just get them for dirt cheap and then just throw them on either your IR spot or on a big bench. Uh, so I think you're forced to hold for a guy that might have a chance of becoming the guy later in the season. Let's move on. Yeah, he's just tough. I think right now the, the Rams offense, like we've just seen different people blow up. I mean, it's been Malcolm Brown. Then it was Daryl Henderson. It's like, who's getting the touches that week. I don't think I'd want to have, really either of them it just makes me nervous who's going to get the touches and I think it's kind of a hot hand type deal so probably you just stash him away for now all right well let's move on to Robbie Anderson who is really shocking the fantasy community right now week one 25 points and week two 18 points 17.9 rounding up to 18 because I'm a generous person but Robbie Anderson is really balling out as the wide receiver two on the Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback are y'all surprised to see this production? Very. I mean, he was supposed to be the wide receiver three, but, I mean, they obviously got him for a reason, and they're going to definitely use him. Um, yeah. He's obviously – I think he's a uh, wide receiver one now, and, I mean, he's going to continue getting targets. I mean, I'm excited for him, especially with yeah. uh, Christian McCaffrey going down. So. Yeah, it was, it's interesting because I paid a lot of attention to the, uh, the Panthers last year because I have both DJ Moore and had – uh, Curtis Samuel on my team before I moved him and I, I really expected Robbie Anderson to be the wide receiver three I thought Samuel was going to take a step up and DJ Moore is kind of the clear number one they want to feed him the ball but with the way that Teddy Bridgewater is playing he's actually playing very aggressive with the ball and he's looking at that deep option and 
Robbie Anderson loves that play and he's actually doing really well with that spot. So I think maybe you actually really, you know, lucked out if you've got uh, Robbie Anderson on your team. And I think I'd hold on to him. Um, maybe sell him if you get the right offer. I think he's maybe right now overperforming what you'll probably get the rest of the season. So if you get a high offer, go ahead and take it. But I think, you know, if you're just getting kind of people that are at his level, you might hold on to him because he might continue to surprise, I think. So I, I go on, John. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I would, I would hold kind of matching what Daniel said. Um, I would hold right now. If you can sell him, I think, I think you're open to selling him. Um, again, I think he's overperforming. But with Christian going down and they're already playing from behind, they're throwing the ball and they're heaving the ball deep. So I think they're looking for those home run plays. I think he performs that with the speed and with the deep balls. So I think he's performing well because their defense is bad and so they're always playing from behind. Yeah. So I would hold and sell depending on the offers that you're getting on for him. I think yeah. he's overperforming so you can get fantastic offers for him. But, I mean, hold him for now. Ride him while he's hot. Yeah. I would say sell. Uh, I don't. I personally don't believe that he's going to be able to continue with this production. Um, I, I, I just – I mean, there's a, there's a world where this happens, but Teddy Bridgewater has never been this kind of quarterback before, so I just don't know if they're going to be able to do this. Now, they might be playing from behind in a lot of games because they're not a very good team. Um, offensively, they're a good team, but defensively, they're not. Uh, and so, you know, they kind of look like the Falcons or the Cowboys or the Packers or any of these kinds of high, high-powered high offenses, but they have to keep up. So maybe there's a world where you can stash him. You did draft him late, so he's probably your wide receiver four or five, which is good. But um, I personally would rather cash in and see if you can get somebody that is projected, uh, that you project to finish better in the year that maybe got off to a slow start. Um, so let's move on to the next name. Jonu Smith, tight end for the Tennessee Titans uh, week one about 14 points, which is very good for a tight end, especially he, you know, in a lot of leagues, he went undrafted and redraft and then week two, almost 25 points. So um, he's really balling out. Um, what are y'all, what are y'all doing with Joni Smith? Makes me sad that I dealt him. I guess I thought that he would have a decent year and I thought that might, he might be usable in certain situations, but I did not expect him to break out like this. I'm not sure it's necessarily fully sustainable with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, but there definitely seems to be some kind of connection. So I think just, you know, based on the way that tight ends are valued, you probably just hold on to him and take advantage of him where you can. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I hold, um, I wouldn't sell just because, I mean, their, their wide receivers are, are kind of strange um, to describe it. I mean, Adam Humphreys is not a huge threat into his targets. Corey Davis is not a huge threat. AJ Brown can be a threat. Um, is the biggest but threat. he's been injured right or is injured um currently so i would i would love it i would keep him you ride him yeah. all ride him while he's doing well um yeah. tight ends especially if you're getting 25 points out of a tight end that's huge yeah no doubt i think that this is definitely a hold um i want him on my team in fact i'm i do have him daniel sent him to me in dynasty mm. and i think I'm, I'm i'm gonna be starting him this week since aj brown is out and minnesota is a very bad defense although uh, he didn't practice today I think I looked at the injury report and it says it was a, a no injury. He just, I think he just got a just veteran's sat the day, day off. A lot of people so, are sitting on Wednesdays. Yeah. So uh, I like Joe New. He's a hold. Let's, let's talk about John Brown. John Brown is somebody that reminds me a lot of a Robbie Anderson situation um, mm. where he is the number two in an offense um, and not really projected to be doing as well as he's doing. But nonetheless, week one, 19 points, week two, 18 points. This man is balling out. And so is Josh Allen. So, how do y'all feel about John Brown? What are y'all doing with him? I sell. Yeah, I would um, sell too. Definitely. 
I sell because he's outperforming it. Their offense has been sneaky, incredible. Um, I did, I didn't, and I don't think a lot of other people besides Bills fans projected their offense to be this good. Yeah, yeah, but, that's a I good mean, way to put it. I, I sell him. Uh, I mean, he's still got Stephon Diggs. Um, Cole Beasley is always a good, a uh, consistent threat to him to his receptions but I think he's just getting these massive receptions because they're balling out now I think in a couple weeks he may get footage um and other teams will get footage they'll watch how the team's playing and I I'm not sure if he can keep this up yeah just off of what John said I would I would definitely sell too I mean Josh Allen he's putting up numbers but I don't know if he can keep that up all throughout the season so and also he's got other multiple targets too so I'm off of what John said yeah, I think that this is really interesting because week one against the Jets, he had 10 targets. Week two against Miami, he had six, um, but he also had a touchdown on 82 yards. So it's interesting because um, Miami was a shootout and the Jets was not. And either way, he was still doing well. Um, and so they're going to be playing much better teams. They're playing the Rams, the Raiders, uh, the Titans, Kansas City, and then the Jets, New England, Seattle, and Arizona. So um, – I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to hold because they're going to probably need to involve everybody they can to win all of those games. Those are going to be very, very difficult games to win. Um, all of those teams are doing very well on offense. And so I think that if you want to hold on to John Brown just to see what he can do, then I, I think that that's a good thing because just like Robbie Anderson, you paid very little for him if you, if you drafted him at all. And so I think that uh, if you want to hold, you can. But I also am on the same same boat as Robbie Anderson. If you can sell and just upgrade to a better uh, wide receiver or running back who got a slow start, um, but you project to do better, then capitalize on that. Because if you drafted, you know, John Brown or Robbie Anderson that late, then you probably have much better wide receivers ahead of him anyway. So let's. Uh, is there any? Yeah. Do we want to say anything else about John Brown before we move on? No, I'm kind of right there with y'all. I, I don't. I don't really necessarily buy into the hype, but. We'll see. Yeah, I will say that their schedule is in a perfect situation for them to need, um, you know, two wide receivers to be very good. So it is a little tempting, but I would say that um, you can't really expect him to hold this production. So maybe sell how, how I, excuse me, sell high while you can. Let's talk about Noah Fant. Um, wow. I don't think ever, anybody really expected this. Um, he was kind of a shot in the dark during the drafts. Um, he's kind of one of those guys where, you know, you don't really recognize or expect a, a tight end to be good until year three, but here he's having a year two breakout and balling out week one, 19, week two, almost 18. Um, I personally, I'm holding man, especially with Cortland Sutton going down. I don't even know if I want to sell him. I don't think I would get enough. I mean, Noah no. Fant right now might be the best tight end to have on your, on your roster. I mean, aside from Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, I mean, Noah Fant seems like a top three guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I keep him. I'm not trading him. I'm not even looking to trade him right now. Um, I think out of consistency with their rotating quarterbacks right now, he is the consistent guy, and he is the vet. I mean, he's only his second year in, but he is the vet. Your other one is Jerry Judy, and you have K.J. Hamler. Cortland Sutton went down. They're going to be looking Noah Fant's way. Yeah, I think this one I don't think is as difficult of a decision. I think you hold them. I think there's so much talent in there. And with Cortland Sutton, he's going to be the new number one guy. So hold on to him and, and you're going to have a great season. Yeah. Yep. All righty. Well, let's move on to Nick Chubb. Um, week one, an anemic five and a half points. Week two, 
freaking blew up 26 points. Um, John, how are you feeling over Nick Chubb? Uh, Chubb, see, okay, I'm uh, I'm going to split. Uh, I'm going to hold him. I, I'm about Chubb. Their, their running back situation kind of looks like it's getting figured out. They've got a fantastic one-two punch of Chubb and Kareem. Um, so I hold. I play him. Um, I know he was let down week one. It was a fantastic surprise week two. I'm playing him. I'm holding him, and I'm playing him. Uh, I love their situation, especially if the wide receivers aren't running. But I don't know. I, I hold and play. Yeah, I keep him. He's still a talented back. I mean, they are um, equally rotating Cream Hunt. I mean, but Nick Chubb's obviously the starter, and he seems to be more the elusive back and the go-to guy. So I'd, I'd definitely keep Nick Chubb. No, I don't like him. I said it last week. I don't like him. He had a great week against a really, really bad defense. And I think with the way that Kareem Hunt's eating into touches, I think you probably drafted Chubb in like the first round because talent-wise, he's there. But in this offense, they they like to run the ball. That's the way their offense is designed. But they play down so often. They're going to need to throw it to win games that they need to win. I but- just – you I think you try and move. They like to run the ball, right? But just I just said I think that. in the first half they're going to, and he's going to get decent production, and then they're going to be forced to throw because they're down. I think he is not the best RB one to have, and yeah. I think he's still yeah. RB one, but I think he's towards the bottom of the list. And you probably drafted him to be higher than he's going to be producing for yeah. you this season on the whole. So I think what you try and do is I think you try and and trade up for a different RB one hoping that somebody else is higher on Chubb than you. And I just don't – I don't trust him. I wouldn't want him as my RB1. I wouldn't I'm wouldn't. right there with you, back. Daniel. Um, in fact, I'm going to throw out a hot take right now. I'm going to right now guarantee – y'all, you three guys – You're going to guarantee. Okay. I'm, I'm going to guarantee he is going to bust at least five more times this season. Okay? Wow. Probably six, but I'm only going to guarantee five. And I'm going to give myself a little bit of wiggle room. And this is why. Um, in week one, they played Baltimore. They were favored, or Baltimore was favored, okay? And they played Cincinnati. They were, uh, and they were favored against Cincinnati. If you can tell a difference in games where they're expected to be fighting to try and stay in the game, um, your one and two down back is not going to be as involved as your third down back you have to throw the ball to. Nick Chubb is not their receiving back. He's not their third down back. It's Kareem Hunt. So Nick Chubb, in games where it's going to be very competitive, like Dallas, Pittsburgh, maybe Vegas, uh, maybe Tennessee, Baltimore, Pittsburgh again. Um, it's You just can't expect Nick Chubb to be as involved because they're probably going to be coming from behind in those games. And so I don't want Nick Chubb on my team. Sell, sell, sell. Clearly you cannot cut him because you drafted him in your first or second round and you can yep. get a ton of value for him, but get him off of your team right uh, now. We'll, yeah. we'll agree to disagree. I, I think we've got a nice split here. I think it'll be interesting to watch him just over the next couple of weeks because I think we could see a story start to play out. Yeah, we'll and, see him. I mean, next well. week against Washington, right? He's probably going to perform well. It's kind of a crappy defense. Yeah. They're going to run because their offense likes to expect a good week. Week four, Dallas, and bust. I think I think he could bust. He's I think he very well could bust. Cincinnati was a competitive game. Cincinnati was competitive game, and he had twenty six. Right, because Cincinnati's defense is terrible. They were also very, winning that I game. I can see where – they, they won the game. They were up, though. They were up for the majority I of that can, game. Right. Cincinnati had to come back. I can definitely see where Carson's coming from. I think he's gonna, definitely going to get more receptions and 
Therefore, or Kareem Hunt's going to get more receptions. The right. only reason that he's going to be successful against high-powered uh, teams that are high-powered in offense like Dallas and Pittsburgh is, is, is if uh, he gets lucky and falls into the end zone and saves you and maybe gets you like 11 or 12 points. Okay, so you're, lo- you're losing two weeks. So you just listed two weeks. You've dropped I'm just saying other, that if he weren't to bust, that would be that his point. only reason. Weeks. That would be his only reason to save your, to I, I save your team from a bust. I sit two weeks out. I expect him not to perform too well. I think I'm that you hold him for week three and sell he's him. He's probably high. got RB1 potential. I just think among other RB1s, there are better there are better players. Out. He, is the Amari, he is the Amari Cooper of, of running backs. He's going to do yeah. bad against – Fair. Bad, good, okay. Against I, I respect matchups. that. Yeah. He's going to be Amari very Cooper's been playing out I can see that from, yeah. Well, let's not spend too much time on Nick Chubb. Let's talk about Michael Gallup. Uh, Michael Gallup, week one, less than two points. And then week two, less than eight points, 7.8. So not a complete bust in, in, uh, in week two, but not uh, doing what you expected him to do where you drafted him. He's being outperformed by rookie C.D. Lamb. Um, I personally, uh, I don't know if you can afford to cut him, but if you can try and trade him, trade down. I mean, honestly, like, man. Who do you I think trade him for then? That's a tough one. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to trade for any guys that you that drafted behind him that are performing better. Like, I don't think that you're going to be able to get Nikhil Harry. Um, mm. So, you know, that's, that's an, a name, maybe like a Julian Edelman. I don't think you can get Julian Edelman. I don't even know if you can get Jamison Crowder. Um, so honestly, what I would do is I would see if I could package Gallup and try and upgrade the position uh, or just hold and see what the Cowboys do. They're a very good offense and you just got to hope that Dak starts looking at Gallup instead of Cooper or I Lamb. Think, I think he's a hold or a package. I agree with you. I'm not trying to buy him. Not right now. I don't want him. CD, CD Lamb's performing incredibly. I don't really want him. I'll hold on to him. If he's on my team, I hold see what goes on. I mean, he, week one, he put up eight. Week seven, he put up 7.8, which is another eight. Yeah, five targets kicks and in kicks. week one. So, I mean, right now he's just performing, and he's putting up a consistent eight for our two-week sample. Um, I mean, I, I kind of hold. I, I expected better last week against Atlanta, but I, I hold, maybe package, but I don't think anyone else wants him right I'm, now. I'm sticking around with Gallup. I think Amari Cooper is the – the viewed star receiver on the team. I think he gets force fed the ball. Sometimes he doesn't necessarily play all that great Always. against some of these great teams, but Dallas passes the ball so much. They're so pass heavy that I think Gallup is going to have more games go his way. I think the rookie had a couple of good games. I don't, you know, rookie production does not tend to be very consistent. I think Gallup is probably Lamb. one of the it's best not an plays. average rookie. He's not, which is fair. I, I still don't think when you've got Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup on the team that you're going to see that same kind of production on a week-to-week basis. I think those two guys with their talent are going to get more targets and are going to be a more consistent option for you. So, well, let's move. I on. think I'm holding him. Let's talk about T.Y. Hilton. Um, this is a guy that we expected to be the new Keenan Allen for uh, Philip Rivers, but he's kind of been underperforming. Uh, nine points and then six points in weeks one and two, respectively. Nine targets in week one, so that's very encouraging, but only five targets in week two against a really soft Minnesota defense. How do y'all feel? He dropped a few, too. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm very skeptic. I'd probably, I'd probably sell him. I think sell he's him. a hold. Um, I think that he's a good receiver, and I'm just, uh, I'm, I want to give him another week or two. Do y'all have any other new points on T.Y. or do y'all want to move on? I think you probably drafted him too high to, to try and do anything else. I think you have to hold him and just yeah, pray that things get better. Paris Campbell's down. Out. I think more targets are going to come. Yeah. All right, well, no, let's, let's move into a rapid round and really cover the next couple names. 
Joe Mixon. Uh, I think you have to hold. I don't think you can afford to sell him. I think you're holding. You drafted him too high. You're, yeah. you're keeping him. He probably went late first round. I mean, what else can you do? Nobody's yeah. going to give him much value. So, All right. Kenny Galladay. Uh, this is clearly a hold. This is even a trade four, in my opinion. I just think that the Lions were waiting until he was very healthy, but he's going to be very good. Yeah, if you're in a redraft league, you might be able to take advantage of somebody who's kind of desperate at the receiver position and is worried about things. Kenny Galladay is a top talent. And if you're able to snag him for somebody that's a little bit more desperate, go for it, 100%. Yep. I remember he's that. Lions fan. No, I mean, I'm behind that also. I'll buy Kenny. Um, I mean, if I've got some depth already, I'll buy him. All right, well, let's move on to Paris Campbell. Um, what does his injury outlook look like? Is he out indefinitely? It, indefinitely. Um, they haven't kind of given him anything. They haven't said he's out for the year, but he's out indefinitely. Um, I, he was getting his love. Uh, I know he was out his rookie year. He was a top recruit. Everyone loved him going into his rookie year. He was hurt. And then he was showing it this year, and then he got hurt again. Um, I honestly I, – I, I would cut, especially in redraft. Um, I'm not going to deal with it when he comes back. Everyone else is going to have rapport with the quarterback. He, he's just not going to be there. He's hurt mm. twice now. I don't think he has it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're run-first offense anyway. You, you know, T.Y. is going to pick up his production, I think. Um, shoot, what's his name? Who's that? Michael Pittman. Pittman, yeah, I think Pittman's going to get some decent touches as well. I think there's no Phillip necessary Rivers reason to, to throw to his running backs anyways. That's yeah. I think you cut Paris Campbell. I mean, if yep. you can trade him, try and trade him. Um, but uh, I, I think that you know you drafted him late. You can afford to pick somebody else up off the waiver wire who's actually going to contribute. So I say cut him. Let's talk about Gronk. If you listen to us, we told you not to draft him to begin with. We so said no. You don't have to nope. answer this, but this is Still a clear cut. If That's you can trade him to somebody that believes, trade him. But I think we're all in agreement. I mean, trade <laughs> him. Yeah, if you can trade him, fantastic. He shouldn't be on your team in the first place. Yeah. So you shouldn't be in the position <laughs> to trade him. If you can, do it. Otherwise, cut. He it's, shouldn't yeah, be on your team. It's just name value. Like, he, he's not been able to do anything. Been they have all, better options there. Just OJ Howard, Cam and Bray, you're, you're just not dealing with Gronk. That's, he's in there to block, if anything. Well, and they already have star receivers with Godwin and Evans. So you're already, like – guaranteed at most number three if you even get the tight end one spot and then with tight ends ahead of you no get rid of him gone gone yeah. all right well Agreed. let's move on i want to take a special look and and talk specifically about dynasty with these next two players i want to talk about two guys who are out for the year um saquon barkley and Cortland sutton um and dynasty uh what would y'all do with these guys daniel i know you have Cortland sutton in our dynasty league are you willing – clearly we're not going to cut these guys, but are you willing to uh, trade him? What and, and why – under what circumstance would you trade him? I feel like I'm comfortably deep enough at the receiving position that I can just kind of sit and hold here. Yeah. If there were like a team that I know in our league that was doing really poor and wasn't expected to go anywhere this year and was looking at him – I'd be likely to move him at a, a pretty fair price. I don't think I'd really want to go down too much. What's your fair tra- What's your fair price? <laughs> I would want equal equal performance, pretty much. Would you I take think, a first round? Well, right now that equal performance that equal performance right now is nothing. So, well, like based on what he could get you, pretty much this year, maybe you take just a a half step down. I, I wouldn't trade for picks. With me, I'm I'm in kind of a more of a win now mode. Okay. I guess if you are a younger team in dynasty 
you know, it might not be the worst idea to actually look at trading for a first rounder. What about Nikhil Harry? I just, I don't know that I'm really bought into him yet. And I guess that might not be the worst trade to look into because Edelman is definitely getting up there. Cam Newton is, is proving he's a quarterback that's here to stay for a bit. He and likes Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry is a nice little target for him. So that actually could be one of the best possible trade scenarios. But what I would want Chase to Claypool? research a little bit. Ooh, so mm. much talent there. I think it's just a matter mm. of opportunity with him, though. I think there's just so many mouths to feed in Pittsburgh. You want to get Juju his touches. Is Juju going to stay, though? kind of stepping you, up. You're yeah. seeing if Juju stays. That is where that big thing is, though. If yeah. Juju stays, if Juju lead, question mark. Chase Claypool, man. He could take a huge step up. I wouldn't want to take it based on that risk, though, of, of waiting for somebody to leave for him to get the so, opportunity. So do you trade him now, or do you wait until the summer? Because for he, me, I'm in no reason to I'm – no, I'm not forced to trade him, so I'm just kind of holding. And if somebody were to send the right offer, I'd probably consider it. But Okay. So I think that we're in the same boat. Um, I personally have Saquon. I mentioned that earlier uh, in Dynasty. And so basically we're in the same boat where we would be willing to consider – uh, trading, especially if we needed an extra guy, if for some reason Daniel and I were, um, you know, hard pressed to get in the playoffs and we needed an extra player, then maybe we, we trade for a guy that's a tier or two below. So, you know, maybe I've been considering the idea of, do I trade Saquon straight up for like a Josh Jacobs? Uh, mm. Maybe, uh, uh, and I'm just throwing names that come to mind, Derek Henry, um, uh, Aaron Jones, AJ guys Green like that. And so what'd you say? AJ Green and a first round pick. Get out of here. We're not talking about it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no. Um, so basically, uh, the idea is uh, if you need to trade, if you are in win now mode, but you absolutely have to have, like, replace that production, then, then yeah, I think it's worth it to go see if you can trade uh, maybe to a tier down, but for a guy that's going to get you a, a win now because a trophy now is worth more than a maybe trophy later. So also, the question mark with Saquon is, do you think he comes back healthy? This is now the second year in a row he's got injured. Are you starting to think injury prone? He's been a workhorse. He's a running back workhorse. He's getting so hit every play. I'm not worried about his health because um, he is proven to be very muscular, very healthy, uh, in incredible shape. Mm. But that's not what I want to hint at. What I, or that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is that this injury happened in week two and an ACL tear is about an eight to 10 month recovery. And so uh, it's not even a full year. So he's probably going to be back in time for camp next year. And so uh, he's going to have plenty of time to get healthy and then hopefully COVID is gone. So they have a full camp to be prepared for the following season. So I'm personally not worried about it. Um, I'm, I'm going to hold on to Saquon because I don't think anybody's going to be willing to give me a, a fair offer for Saquon. And so, uh, and thankfully, you know, I am in win now mode. So I traded for a lot of players and I think that I have enough depth to get me through to hopefully uh, a title. And, you know, I'm expecting to see Daniel there maybe. So we'll see. I don't know, dude. Wake Forest what about me, win. dude? What the heck? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. you don't have to laugh. Daniel. There's always hope. <laughs> All right. You might want to trade him, dude. Cause week four is coming. You know what that means. You know gonna... I would, I would consider trading Saquon, but I just don't think that uh, you would be able to afford him. Thatcher. So. <laughs> Oh, you say that now. Oh, oh, I say I that know, now. Dude. He's about to say so really many good. different offers. That's <laughs> <laughs> about to offer straight up everything. If they don't Carson involve said Aaron I didn't Jones have enough capital. Plus, you don't. You said I didn't have I enough said, okay, capital. Okay, I also said that while he was healthy. Yeah, but he's also injury prone, obviously. I offered no, you Devonta oh in the offseason okay. for Saquon. Okay. Whatever. Thatcher, if hey, you're going to send me an offer it. for Saquon, it better involve 
uh, Aaron Jones. No. A minimum no, 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 of Aaron no. Jones. A no. minimum. Because Never. in a vacuum, Saquon is worth way more than Aaron Jones, and he's younger than him. So, and he's guaranteed to be he's a injury prone. Well, take it's like JJ Thielen, Watt, dude. He's injury prone. You wouldn't take Adam Thielen, Travis Kelsey, Tim McLaurin, and uh, Keenan Allen. You said my starters didn't have enough. I didn't have enough capital. On my if you starters. traded me all four of those guys, I would hear out You'd an be offer, but your probably wife. not because yeah. I would need a running back back. All right, dude. So, and I don't, I'm not really interested in older receivers that are not going to be relevant after this year or next year. So, let's move on. We're going to go into starts and sits. Um, John and I already kind of talked about guys like uh, Gardner Minshew and Devonta Parker. So, we kind of picked up a secondary start uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of extra. Um, John, who is your secondary start? Uh, um, along with Gardner Minshew. So with Gardner Minshew, who I think is – I'm expecting to have another huge game uh, on Thursday, so tomorrow. Um, but my second is actually Josh Kelly for the Chargers. I think even though – so Austin Eckler is the number one, and I will give you that. I think they're they're not like a, a one and then a running back two. I see them as like a 1A, 1B. Um, especially so if you look at it, Josh Kelly got 12 the first week, 13 the second week. That's fantastic. Uh, he was projected four and six. Uh, and that's on our app. That's on our app, our platform sleeper. Um, he got 12 and then 13. He's outperforming last week. He carried the football 23 times and had more touches than Austin Eckler. And this week, the Panthers have allowed an absurd 46 points per game to opposing running backs. Mm -hmm. That is unreal. Yeah, so he's I a think smash start this week. If nothing else, that's a lock. You are not playing anyone else except for Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly. If you have both, I would play both. It's against the Panthers. They're going to be behind. They're throwing it. That's opportunities for more turnovers. That's incomplete passes coming back your direction. They're running the ball out. It's a 1A, 1B. I think Josh Kelly has yeah. looked amazing. I mean, Austin Eckler is Austin Eckler. He'll get you your points. But Josh Kelly has come in. He's looked incredible. I, I yeah. play Josh Kelly. Yeah, and let's 100%. just clarify, we're not saying to start all of our starters over guys like um, Derrick Henry or Ezekiel Elliott. Clearly, you're going to start those guys over Josh Kelly. But if you need a running back two to fill a, a tough position after an injury riddled week two or a flex, then Josh Kelly is going to be a magnificent and beautiful Oh, an incredible start. starter. I think that he – yeah, That's I'm a, right there with you, John. I, I love I am, it. I'm smashing start on him. Thatch, I love your pick. Tell us about your pick. It's kind of it's kind of low hanging fruit, but sometimes low hanging fruit is just as tasty as the high. Mm, definitely. I mean, mm. I I I chose Mike Davis for this week just because I mean, there's no Christian McCaffrey this week. I mean, he's I mean, he rotates in with Christian McCaffrey, so it's not like he hasn't been on this offense before. I've seen him perform on it. He's he does pretty good. I mean, again, he's not Christian, but. Um, he's yeah. also starting on an offense. That he had a great operates. week last week. Yeah, so let's clarify. He is Christian McCaffrey's backup in Carolina. Yes, correct. So they are slotted. Yeah, he is slotted for quite the workload. So I love that pick. He definitely is. And, um, yeah, I just want to see what him and T- Teddy Two, Two Gloves – Teddy Two Gloves can do. Daniel, I am really, really intrigued to hear your guy because I've had a lot of question marks around this guy for week three. Give me oh, some confidence in why I should start him. Yeah, Tyler Higby, man, he he just seems to be a favorite target for Jared Goff. And especially last week? with Cup not really having a great start to this season, uh, Goff is really leaning on Robert Woods and Tyler Higby. And last week, 
was phenomenal. I mean, three <laughs> touchdowns just sitting on my bench. <laughs> I, was, I'm just, I, I'm kind of worried about him to too because Gerald Everett is still on the team, right? And in mm-hmm. the off season, it kind of sounded like maybe they were both going to see a pretty good amount of snaps. That's what the regular season looked like up until the end where I think Gerald was hurt a little bit and Higby kind of got the front running role and he really shined. And so it kind of looked like once things returned to normal, Gerald Everett would return. They would continue to split snaps. I think the beginning of this year has shown that Higby's the guy. He's a great receiver for them. Um, And he also blocks really well. Like he just fits that tight end role so well. And he's a favorite target for Jared Goff. I think moving into this next matchup against Buffalo, I think he's a must start. What about what about first week against Dallas? He only had three receptions. Do you, are you scared about their split? What is their snap split? Do you? I am worried because know? he's only had four and five targets. Those are not sexy numbers. Uh, that's why I'm concerned. But he's been producing. I mean, he he's been producing. I would start him over Everett. I'm with you, Daniel. I, I would start towards him. the bottom end, you'll probably see something potentially like a game one throughout this year, but I think he's going to be a consistency. I mean, seven still isn't bad for a tight end. I right. would still take that. For seven tight end, if you get Seven's less than floor. seven, then you're kind of then it's kind of considered a flaw. But if you get seven, you're like, okay, I can live with that. And I think Higby's going to get enough red zone touches that you can feel pretty good about playing him on a if seven a is your flop, I will take that out of a tight end. That is yep. fantastic. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I like it. All right. Well, uh, let's let's talk about my guy. I already talked about Devonta Parker, um, but you know, if you're listening to this episode, that means that he's already played, and hopefully, he did really, really well for you. If you started, he probably did. Um, so uh, I'm going to bring up. Okay, and I, man, we were talking about this guy's name before this episode started, and I said Say I did not want to have my name attached to his. Say it with pride. Do it. Say I'm it with do pride. It, and I'm not. You did ha- it. Okay. You did it. Say it. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> I'm starting Mitchell Trubisky, and this is why they're playing Atlanta. Atlanta is a elite offense. Their Atlanta is going to score a lot of points, and the Bears are going to be forced to keep up. Okay, they're not going to be able to hand the ball to David Montgomery 40 times. Okay, because they're they're not going to be able to waste time running off the clock in a running game. So they're going to have to force the ball to Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, um, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen. They're going to have to throw the football now. I think the only way um, Trubisky flops is if he throws a ton of picks and gets taken out of the game. Is that, that a possibility? Is a big, yes. yes, but I don't oh, think that will course. happen because the Falcons don't have a very good defense. True. So I think there's a possibility where Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, even if it's in garbage time, can throw. I think you can at least expect 250 yards, two touchdowns, and maybe like 30 rushing yards. That would get you 21 total fantasy points. Now, I'm not telling you to start Mitchell Trubisky as a top quarterback, but if you're in a two-quarterback league – or you need to, you know, flex a guy at quarterback. Maybe Drew Locke was your guy, and you need to pick somebody up off the waiver wire. I think you should be confident in playing Mitchell Trubisky, even though I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Sometimes opportunity outweighs talent, and this is one of those situations in fantasy football. So um, I think that you can start Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, I'm, Mitch. I've I've read, and from what I've seen, Mitch actually might be the guy um, purely out of it being the Falcons. So I can get behind it. I'm not putting my name behind it, but I yeah. said I, I, I'm open to it. I'm not it's super thrilled Trubisky. about it, but it's if I so back I'm into a corner, I'm, I'm not putting it. my name behind it either. It's just anything Says can happen. The Bears fan. Yeah, I know. Anything it's can happen Trubisky. with this guy. You just never know, dude. They have Foles for a backup for a reason, but 
I mean, this is the perfect situation. It's a bad, it's a bad defense, and they're going to be forced to keep up. I think the only way that he doesn't produce is if, for some reason, they're able to keep the Falcons out of the end zone, and they are able to keep the possession. But I don't think that that's going to happen. So Falcons have weapons; they're going to be throwing. That's right. It, it's a, it's a good call, as much as we don't want to say it. <laughs> all right well let's talk about a bunch of interceptions. yeah we'll see we'll see he is Mitchell Trubisky after all um all right let's talk about sits uh John um I'm I have a lot of questions over yours it's very situational but I want to talk about it who's your who's your sit so it's and it's, keep in mind last week that none of these sits were good projections other than mine so moving forward <laughs> <laughs> I never day. said football is my strong suit okay um <laughs> All of my calls have been bad. My pickums have been 50-50. But Marvin Jones is my sit. I'm probably not playing him this week. He's on my team personally. Um, they're going to the Cardinals, who have actually – they have not allowed a receiving touchdown to an opposing wideout this season. They've surrendered the third fewest fantasy points to other receivers lined out, out wide after two weeks. Um if Kenny G plays, that's a big if, that pulls targets away from Marvin. If he doesn't play, that means Patrick Patter, or Patrick Peterson, not Patterson, is shadowing him all game. I think the Cardinals have a sneaky good secondary. I don't, I'm not saying much about their, uh, their D-line, but their secondary. What? Secondary is not good outside of Patrick Peterson. Okay, Maybe Buda that's, Baker. That's, Buda Baker is the safety. It is top. He's not top tier. He's not elite, but he's on top of safeties. And Patrick Peterson is the man who will be watching him, who is the man who is incredible. We'll see. I just, I, I just think that if Kenny Galladay plays, then Patrick Peterson is going to be shadowing Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones is going to get a lot of targets. So sure, I think that Marvin then, Jones is a start if Kenny Galladay plays. But what he's is, definitely what a does he sit. leave with? If, Mar- if Marvin Jones is the best receiver on the team because Kenny Galladay sat – then I think that Marvin Jones is a perfect sit. But if Kenny Galladay plays, then I think that Marvin Jones might even qualify. Last year, last year when they held, last year when they played them with Kenny G healthy, they only held him to ten, which isn't bad, but that's not what you'd expect out of Marvin Jones. Now it was with Kenny G healthy. I think it is what you would expect out of Marvin Jones, though. That's like I, his average. I I pick him up expecting twelve. All right. Well, we'll see. That's the that's the well, beauty of I, all of this. We'll see. But I I'm not playing him this week. Thatcher, I have the same questions about your guy. Tell us about your start, or excuse me, your sit. We are giving AJ Green the chair this week. The red light. Mm. I'm loving the energy. Bring it on. I may or may not be very biased against him because I started him last week and he got me (laughs) two points. Yes, I'm very aware of that. I'm very, very aware. I'm just going to bring that up. Full disclosure. But anyway, I mean, I just think Joe Burrow just likes to spread the ball around. And I mean, he's got I mean ton of, tons of targets. He's a very new quarterback. I mean, he's trying to figure it out. I think. I mean, he's definitely got potential down the road. Maybe not, but I think I'm saying this week set him. And I mean, the Phillies defense. I mean, I'm looking at the the red on my on my sleeper, and I, it just kind of crazy, makes me man. He is averaging 11 targets a week. I get it, but he's got eight receptions, dude. Eight complete. I mean, I, I can't get behind what Thatch is saying. I think targets are there. The shit mm. is there. But I would maybe give it another week or two until they've kind of figured it out. Listen, I get it. Darius Slay is a good is a good DB. I don't know if he's as good as people think he is, 
Um, but with this, it's the same thing as Tr my Trubisky argument. Opportunity sometimes outweighs talent. And I think that Joe Burrow is trying to give AJ Green a ton of opportunity. Now, uh, the reason he only had three receptions last week is because Joe Burrow messed up a lot. Now, AJ Green did have one or two uh, drops, but, you know, he's definitely not AJ Green of past, but um, he is still getting a ton of opportunity. And so uh, I think that, I mean, he is like your fourth or fifth wide receiver probably, so you could probably afford to sit him. But um, I don't hate it because Darius Slay is a good DB, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Daniel, tell us about yours. This was the guy that I was going to pick, uh, but I decided to go with uh, somebody else on the same team. Yeah, it's – That's a man, good call, David Daniel. David Johnson. He, good call. I think he's not only a sit, but I think he's kind of a bust alert. Like, obviously against the Chiefs, he was excellent. The Chiefs don't have a good defense – you know, they were able to use David Johnson in a lot of ways, both the running game and the passing game. It was a really great matchup for him. Then he played a good defense against the Ravens, and he was not able to get anything going. He still got a decent number of touches on, in the, on the ground, at least. Um, in the air, he didn't really get much going, but that was kind of the Texans' offense as a whole. So I think we're going to see an even tougher matchup at Pittsburgh – or Pittsburgh, excuse me. I think they've been allowing like 2.9 yards per carry or something to, to – running backs and they're going to have to do a lot more than just run the ball for Houston. If they're going to try and win this game, Pittsburgh is an all around great team. I think True. David Johnson Retweet. is going to really, really struggle. Melvin Gordon kind of had the day saved again by a touchdown. We talked about that uh, before. And so I think, you know, Johnson's going to have a really, really tough week. Maybe, maybe you could luck out if you throw him in the flex spot and maybe he'll get that red zone touch that he needs to get lifted over the edge. But I think if you have the ability, which you likely do, please, Please sit, David Johnson. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, he's going to have to have a similar game to Melvin Gordon where he's going to fall into the end zone to save his day, but he's not going to be able to average a lot of yards per carry unless he finds a way to break one, but I don't think that's going to happen. The Steelers are just too good. All right, I'll be quick with my pick. Uh, I'm sitting Deshaun Watson. Now, uh, this is going to be tough for a lot of people because if you drafted Deshaun Watson, you probably drafted him as a top five quarterback off the board. You probably drafted him in you know the top five or six rounds. So you, you might not be able to afford to start him. Here's the deal. This is going to shock a lot of people, but I might even be willing to start Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. Holy and, and I know I'd that this, right is, there with you. this is crazy, but here's the situation. Deshaun Watson clearly is much more talented than Trubisky, and he might be able to find a way and break out the rust off of that X-Factor ability and shake free and save a day and have, you know, I, I do expect him to get smashed by Pittsburgh, but maybe Deshaun Watson can get some rushing yards and some garbage time touchdowns uh, to save his day. But nonetheless, um, Deshaun Watson is going to get hit a lot by the Steelers um, and the Steelers secondary. Horrible. Yeah, the O-line is terrible. And, and I saw this incredible uh, graph by, I believe, Sam Monson on Twitter, who released a graphic of, uh, it was, a, you know, on the, uh, on one axis, it was the amount that a team blitzes. And on the other axis was the efficiency of the blitzing. So how effective they were. And then it basically grades that. And at the top right is where you want to be. It means that you're blitzing a lot and you're being very effective. The team that was far and away in the top right corner was the Pittsburgh Steelers, which means they are coming after the quarterback. They're blitzing more than every other team in the league, and they're better at it than every other team in the league. So Deshaun Watson is probably going to be stacked five-plus times. And so he's going to be on his back a lot. Uh, and I just don't expect Deshaun Watson to really have a lot of time to cook and and make any kind of progress whatsoever. So I'm sitting Deshaun Watson um, totally at fair. every chance that I get. <laughs> so 
uh, let's move on to our pick them. Um, we're going to blow through these, but Thatch, uh, yes. tell us about your highlighted matchup and what you expect to happen. Rams and Bills, dude. Whenever I saw the Rams play in week one, they just seemed so organized. I mean, I'll, they just kind of shocked me. And the Bills, dude, Josh Allen. I haven't seen Josh Allen play yet, but I've been seeing some of his highlights, and I just can't believe my eyes, dude. I'm just excited for this matchup. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, I'm excited to see Josh Allen. Have you seen him truck? Uh, I don't can't remember who he trucked. I don't know who it was, but he destroyed him. Yeah, he like yeah, threw he a stiffy and like trucked somebody all in the same play. It was like, wait a second, what? Yeah, this, this well, he's playing Allen. a man's game. Everyone else is playing a child's game. And he's exactly. throwing the ball well. Like he's just doing it all. Yeah, I'm just excited for this matchup. So I mean, the Bills are favored the win, and I, I think I'm gonna go for the Bills. So definitely, I'm Daniel. What is your your highlight? Oh, yeah. I've got Packers and Saints. I mean, these are two of the most high-powered offenses in the league. I mean, Saints kind of have a, an asterisk there just with Michael Thomas being out. And then Packers, I mean, if they decide to sit Devontae Adams, I mean, it, we could be looking at two teams that are kind of lacking in big weapons but still have potential. I think either way, this should be a decent game. Both these teams are obviously expecting to make it really, really far in the year. Saints, though, took a big hit with their loss to Las Vegas. And so – I think they really need a bounce back. Um, I think Packers are more able to take an L here than the Saints. If the Saints lose here, they're, they're, they're putting themselves with a really rough start. And then with Michael Thomas being set to miss a couple more games, this is kind of a key game. They really need to somehow get a win here. Um, but you I think it should be a fun matchup. I personally, I think I'm going to go with the Packers. Yeah, um, I just think Aaron Rodgers finds a I way. And I'm not on Drew Brees' wagon right now. He's he's not looking great to me. I think Kamara is an awesome weapon. They really, I think, are relying way too much on Michael Thomas on the offensive end, and that's starting to shine through a little bit. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, my highlighted matchup of the week is going to be Dallas and Seattle. Um, so I have Seattle winning this game. Oh, and I love Seattle uh, right now. The reason Seattle is winning. just like – you just got to let Russ cook, man. I mean, yes. Russ cooked uh, last game. He is, in my opinion, I said it before, best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and quite possibly, I was talking about this with friend of the show, Tyler Volk. Uh, and I was telling him that I threw out the bold prediction that Russell Wilson might just be the best quarterback the NFL has ever seen. Whoa. He is so multifaceted. Um, he is so talented. Uh, and I think that if he was surrounded by better coaching – uh, that he would have multiple uh, Super Bowls instead of just one. He, wish, he should have two. Um, but nonetheless, he only has one. Um, I don't know where to start. One's I don't better know where to than start. none, though. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, Cowboys' defense is kind of non-existent lately. So um, Russell Wilson is going to destroy that defense. And I think – lucked into a game last game. And I think that the Seattle defense is going to be able to do a good enough job um, to slow down the Cowboys – so, honestly, this is just the question of who has the better offense, and I think that the Cowboys should have the better offense on paper, but Russell Wilson has just too much of an I mean, X factor. Look at what they did lose. to the Patriots defense. The Patriots are supposedly one of the top defenses in the NFL, and he, he ate yeah. them alive. That yeah. was unreal. I have not seen anything like that in a while. Yeah, I'm taking was, Russell Wilson. That was an incredible game. Um, yeah, don't kind of, count him. To kind of follow up with that Seattle thing, I Seattle versus Patriots last week. I'm doing Raiders versus Patriots this week, and I honestly I'm not sure who's going to win this game. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, I have gone in our pick'em league. I've switched my pick several times. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I am going with Patriots. Patriots let me down last week, but I mean, if if Cam had gone two more yards to the left, he would have gone into the end zone instead of picking where You're he probably did. Probably right. I'm not. I'm not Cam, and I'm not going to choose where to run into the end zone. But if he had gone two more yards to the left, he would have been in. Um, yeah. That's a walk in. I I think Patriots defense hold Raiders. Um, I mean, with Waller and Josh Jacobs, they're they're incredible. Um, but I mean, Cam and the Patriots defense between the two of them, I think they can hold them. Um, the throwing game is also Derek Carr. So I don't know. I think I'm picking Patriots. I love Cam this season. And so I'm, I'm picking with the Patriots. Yeah, man. Cam is just, he's an auto start, by the way. Uh, you need to lock 100%. him into your lineup and leave him there. He's playing uh, out of so his mind. Very, very, very good pickup. You got him probably very late. So I love that. Yeah. I think that this could be a closer game than people expect, but I got the Patriots in this one. So um, just to close out the show, do y'all have any up, like any matchups that you think we need to be watching for any upsets? Bengals over Eagles. I was thinking the same thing. I don't know why the spread is so large, but I've got the Bengals over the Eagles. No idea, but they're both 0 and 2, and I never trust the Eagles. I also have the Rams over the Bills. I have that. That's not projected to be so wide. Probably lose on that, but. I've actually, I'm not quite sure. I need to put some more thought into it, but there's a chance that the Giants could beat the 49ers uh, because no, Nick I, Mullins is the quarterback. I, dude, I, so I, I debated last week that they may drop the game against the Jets, and I forgot the Jets were atrocious. Mm-hmm. I think 49ers win that game. The biggest one that I have, Broncos over Bucks. Wow. Wow. I, I don't think the Bucks have it. I think the Bucks um, win that game pretty easily. They've they look they've looked kind of sketched the past two games. I yeah. don't know. There's something about them. I think the Broncos bounce back. I think without having to worry about Drew Lock or Cortland Sutton, I think they just follow up their fans. They follow up yeah. good week by him and Gordon and Jerry Judy stepping into his place. Yeah. KJ Hamler is supposed to come in, supposed to have a great game. I think they they figure it out. I think the last one I want to talk about is just really briefly. I think the Panthers could potentially upset the Chargers. Uh, if Herbert has the same game, then I think the Chargers will win because they have a more well-rounded team. But uh, the Panthers' offense is a force to be reckoned with. So if Herbert uh, really screws it up for some reason, uh, I mean, if Tyrod was the quarterback, the Panthers would win this game pretty easily, in my opinion. But Herbert kind of brings that X factor. So we will see. Um, I actually, as of right now, none of us pick Chiefs or Ravens. Like. No, I don't. Nobody wanted wow. to talk about that one, but I actually have the Chiefs winning. And I have the Ravens I, winning that. I feel like that uh, could be a sneaky uh, good game, and I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. Like, but I think I have Ravens winning it. The Chiefs did not look good of the last defense? game. Chiefs did not look good last game. Well, and I think that speaks a lot to what the Chargers are good at, though. They they put pressure on the quarterback. Well, the Chargers and... also have a really good secondary, a sneaky good secondary. Yeah. So I just think that the Chiefs, the, if I remember correctly, the Chiefs won that matchup last year, and the Chiefs mm-hmm. only got better. So um, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Yeah. So um, that's it. We did it. Two episodes. Are y'all ready for week three? I'm pretty pumped. There's some exciting matchups. I think it should be a great week. Yeah. I am already. No more sad. injuries, yeah. please. Yeah, I'm praying but... for no more injuries. And pros up to, to James White. already making me sad. Family. I know it's. It's just going to let me down again this week. So. <laughs> well, oh. I'm ready for it, man. But we're signing off. Thanks for joining us this week on the Benchwarmers and Waterboys podcast for episode two of the week. So catch mm-hmm. us next week uh, for week four of the NFL. Make sure to follow us on social media at Waterboys, where you can stay up to date. Never miss a show at Twitter 
uh, or on Twitter and on Instagram at BWaterBoys. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Tell a friend. Uh, be involved with us on Twitter uh, and Instagram. Get involved with us. We want you all to have a good time. So thanks again for joining us on the Benchwarmers and Waterboys podcast. We'll mm-hmm. see you next time. We're out of here. Toodles. Thank you.